Hey everyone, I'm Eric. Welcome back to another episode of the SDR Game Podcast. My guest today is Elena Klaus, co-founder of SDR of Germany. Helena, great to have you here. Thank you so much, Elric. I'm super, super excited to be here. Today, we are going to talk about an interesting topic um, that I know you are really passionate about. It's mindset, uh, but the mindset of high-performing SDRs. And mindset, I think for a lot of people, it's often forgotten. Uh, you know, in the success of an SDR, the people always focus on prospecting, the messaging, and all the things you need to include. There are great uh, things where we we need to work on, obviously. But if you think about the, the, the overall performance of an SDR, the mindset for me, it's maybe one of the most uh, important things. And uh, that's what we are going to talk about today. I'm going to do a little intro, so introduce yourself to the audience. So uh, what you told me, you studied acting in London and New York, and you have been working as, as an actress for seven years. Just before you started um, as a salesperson, uh, you started your career in 2020 in sales. You've been an SDR for 12 months and achieved, uh, achieved headquarters for 10 months over those 12 months. Then you've got promoted to an A position and then you broke the record of the company with a 100K deal within less than three days. And then with Mattia that uh, we already interviewed on the podcast, you launched uh, the SDRs of Germany. For those who doesn't who don't know uh, what SDRs of Germany is, it's a sales community for German-speaking people, and their mission is to modernize sales development. When I was preparing this episode, um, I was reading one of your uh, recent LinkedIn posts, and you are talking about uh, if you want a successful SDR today, had them grow a mindset for tomorrow, and I really like uh, the this line for example on this post because I think yeah uh, mindset is something that generally is not talked about so what do you think are the most important mindsets um, for SDRs to perform? Well in terms of mindset I think a lot of people think about the typical attributes of an SDR which is curiosity and determination and perseverance and hunger, uh, which I still think is super, super important as an SDR and also as a human being. I think that's really, really good to have. Um, but specifically in sales, I think a growth mindset is key. And with growth mindset, yeah. I mean, you work towards a personal goal, something that you think, hey, this is if circumstances, time and money was no issue in your life, what would you do? If you can answer that question, you have your growth mindset because then you would work towards something that you can see because if you can see it, you can do it. So having a growth mindset means you automatically have an intrinsic motivation in the here and now to work towards it. And if leaders are more pushing towards a competition rather than really understanding why do you do the job that you do, you will always only hit 100% and not 120 or 130 or 200 or 300. To be specific about this, because for me, a growth mindset, you can grow uh, as a person, but then something specific, for example, is you can read books. That's one of the area. Um, but for you, what do you think Asia uh, can do uh, to have this growth mindset also? I think you can only, in terms of externally, you can only do as much, right? I'm not a big reader. 
So it's kind of funny because as an actress, obviously I need to read a lot. Um, but I find it, I've realized I just don't learn through reading. I learn through doing, I learn through listening. So it depends on what kind of learner you are. Um, if you want to go on an external journey, great. Just ask yourself, how do you actually perceive information? How do you keep information? And when I read a book, I forget 99% simply because I don't have that bridge in my brain. If I see someone talking about it, I automatically remember the message of it simply because I have the picture in front of me. Um, I personally, however, think it is much more important to start internally to then automatically grow curiosity and that, that makes you want to read, want to watch instead of forcing yourself to do it. And again, all of, all of my students that are, or all of the companies that I work with, they, they need to answer that one question. If money, circumstances and time would not play any role in your life and you can do whatever you want to do and even if it's flying to the moon what would you do some people cannot answer that question and that's perfectly fine it's not about it's not about a profession it's not about a physical worldly thing it's about a feeling that you're trying to get because feelings is often something well feelings is being created in the part of the brain that is not connected to words so that behavior, the decision-making is based on your gut feeling. It's not based on language. And this is why in sales, for instance, you really need to be careful of not just pitching your product, but actually touching, touching your prospect's feelings and passion and the need and the why would they actually buy it? What do they get out of it? They, they buy it because of that feeling. Um, in this kind of feeling, I'm triggering with mindset and with that question, okay, what exactly is it that you want? One of my students said, I would like to be in a house with my whole family, paying for the money, just seeing everyone being happy and free. And there is no concern, no worry about tomorrow, about yesterday, the whole family around. It has nothing to do with being rich, having a house next to the beach and, you know, being free in that sense. But it has everything to do with, with enabling your family, being having a freedom of inviting people, which, which is a luxury in and of itself, and actually bringing on the table the best food. And it's, it is that feeling that will get you further. And that picture that you create based on that feeling that will then make you push even when it's hard. Because what you then, then do is write that down, write that vision down that will always trigger those feelings that you really want to achieve. And for me, for instance, I, am, I love storytelling. I think the reason why I became an actress was because I wanted to touch people with stories because I think your story is fascinating. I think my dad's story is fascinating. Every time I see my grandparents, I make them tell me all about their youth over and over and over again. Simply because I think it's you grow through talking to people. And I found my mission in life is storytelling. And that, that being on stage and sharing stories, inspiring people through sharing those stories and doing that in the best way I know, um, in either you know presenting or acting. And that feeling of being on stage and afterwards going to the pub and hearing people talk about the story that I told 
and getting excited about it that is the feeling that i that i aspire to and that gets me like wake um makes me wake up every morning um just to just to reach that same with sds of germany like the community being able to to share stories or give a space where people can share stories and help each other and ask questions and actually get answers and get inspired to go for the promotion or go for the interview or or be uh, like provoking in a in a uh, meeting simply because they they need to follow their gut they need to follow their values rather than just be a little bit of a gray zone dodgy person just to hit quarter you know like that that fulfills me well yeah. i'm not sure if i answered your question um but no, i think didn't. okay great so in order to get that growth mindset you really need to uh, well, basically answer your question what would you do if everything's possible try and get that feeling write it down have it as a reminder and develop it further at the beginning it was for me just walking down that aisle getting the oscar like that was my overall game plan i had no idea how i'm gonna do it but i knew i will now it changed slightly still happy to win the oscar obviously but now i have sds of germany i have my sales career i see i i have those meetings i see people light up because they got the job you know and that is stories every day that just trigger me and and fire me up and that is my story so what is yours for me growth mindset was more focused on the curiosity uh, side of it uh, more around you know the learning so i was saying the, the example of reading a book but it's asking for feedback asking find a coach or stuff like that more than having this but i think here thinking about the growth mindset in the way that you need to find your why it's before everything uh if you don't have your way it's going to be hard i think you bring up a really really good point and that is the beautiful thing about starting from the inside you yeah. will automatically want to grow you will automatically want to get feedback because you want to become better because you want to be the best ae or you want to be yeah. the head of sales or you want to found your own company but if you do not have that you will not you you don't really think about reading a book or asking for feedback or wanting to learn new things simply because why would you where would you, where would it bring you but having a target and that's one of my favorite quotes in in german in german we have that saying once i lost my target i worked twice as hard so make sure that you focus your target like you really go like an arrow towards your target And then you will automatically gain all of those experiences simply because you will ask for it because you know you need it. That's mindset number one. Um, what other mindset um, do you use uh, for you, but also what you, you teach to your students? When you think about a human being, right, you can basically break it up in, I'd say, three circles. Susan Batson talks about that. Susan Batson talks about a need public persona and a tragic flaw the need is something that we create as children that is our belief system that is our like second guess insecurities the feeling of not being loved unwanted unimportant or the feeling of you know lacking something and you need to get that if it's affirmation if it's love if it's whatever the third circle is the public persona that you create 
So that public persona usually is hiding your need, which means if you meet someone who is a genuine dick, comes into the meeting, talking loud, just, you know, pushing you down, is it's because his need is quite strong, which automatically will create a very strong public persona, which then makes you think, I'm, I'm actually sorry. Like, I'm sorry for how you feel. I remember when I was... Um, when I was an SDR, there were a couple of deals that I had to close because there was no AE available. And I had that conversation with a CEO who came in like a like a storm, really. And I, I was an SDR for like 10 months. Um, I knew my product, but I never really had a negotiation going on. You know, I never really had to stand up in front of the CEO of a billion company, billion dollar company. Um and he came in and I, I remember that Susan Batson, hey, need public persona. So I genuinely ask a couple of questions about, about him. Like, okay, how do you, you know, why do you say that? What exactly, what exactly are you afraid of? And it sounds weird because in a, a qualification call, you're like, you don't go that deep. But it was about the product. Well, also not about the product. Okay, cool. I understand that you have that strong, strong opinion. I just love to understand where is that coming from? What is your concerns? Like you must have that specific concern because you are afraid of something. And then we broke it down further down, further down, further down until he was the nicest man at the end of the call and they signed the contract five days later. And this is what I mean with you need to understand that need creates the public persona. If someone comes in like a wind, like a storm, it says more about what they're trying to hide rather than who they are. And the same with us. We do the same. So when I go in and I like I used to um, teach a lot of SDRs in different companies. So um, I did that need public persona and the tragic flaw. The tragic flaw, I'm not going to go into that because that's going to be a little too confusing right now. But um, we just analyzed the public persona and the need. And I always used it with people who thought they know it better. Or, you know, like those people who come in and are being very arrogant, but you can tell it is not based on knowledge. It's not based on wisdom. It's just based on an insecure child. And asking the right questions making them being aware of who they are, where, where that is coming from, helped me a lot with making those SDRs who didn't hit any meetings after 12 weeks, hitting meetings, not because I'm great, but because I ask questions for them to realize that they are great. They can do it, not because they need to be better than someone else, but because they are just, just that good to do it. Can we talk about a specific example here on what you just mentioned? Uh, because uh, not mentioning any name, but if you can give an example of with a recent SDR you work with and uh, the type of questions you ask. So I think the first person that popped to my mind and here again, the best SDRs that I've seen are the ones who are open to experiment, who are just taking mm -hmm. on feedback and make it themselves, them, their own, which means if someone comes up to you and gives you feedback and you just you just know it does not work don't try and make yourself do something that you don't feel comfortable do it doing it but take that feedback and make it your own like if if you if uh, they say okay you need to do cold calling then find your own framework 
do something that when you pick up the call, it's you calling. It's not the company, it's not the product calling, it's you calling and they will remember you. So to answer your question, um, there was, I think it was one of my first students and he was, he was lovely down the line, but it took some time for me to break it down because his experience was his parents, um, tough, tough childhood home, if that makes sense. The parents were very like, they loved him, but never really showed it. There was never a good enough. He was working as a, um, as a waiter for, I think, 11 years or so. And obviously I worked in hospitality myself and it's hard work. It's like people are shouting and you need to not naturally grow a, a skin of a rhino while keeping a soul of an angel. And when he, he just started in sales, so there was that mixture of, of having grown that skin while also being absolute insecure of out of the moment selling a SaaS solution. What exactly does that mean? He uh, recently, I think he moved to Germany like maybe two years or one year ago. Um, his German was perfect, but there was that, okay, cool, kind of new, new country. Parents were, were tough, very tough on him. He grew that massive skin, used to being shouted at, and out of the moment, he's in front of a laptop writing emails. And then that 27-year-old comes in and says, righty, let's go through your activity. <laughs> and um, what? how do you feel about the emails? Let's, you know, look at your email. And there was that, that person who doesn't really want to take feedback while also knowing he needed to get feedback from someone who has done it before. So... The questions and the first questions that I like to ask is I would like to understand his status quo. Like, and status quo, not work environment in his whole life environment. Okay, cool. He has parents. Does he have siblings? It depends on if you're the oldest, the middle or the youngest, how you need to talk to the people. Like I'm the youngest. If um, as a youngest, you usually hear things like go away. Uh, you're not wanted because you're seven year old and your older sister is five years old later, five years um, older, and they don't want you to be there, which is perfectly fine. I wouldn't want me to be there, you know. Um, but as a child, you grow those little belief systems, and if you're having an SDR that you coach and work with mindset, and you don't understand how they communicate and how they actually perceive information or push information away because it triggers their need, it triggers their little, you know, child, um, you will never really get them on your side. So with that, I first try and understand his facts, like his status quo, where is he coming from, you know, how, how is he in Germany, like just build a rapport as well. And then from there, ask the questions like, and with, with that, you already build a relationship because it's never about, I come in and I'm better than you. It's more about, I come in and ask questions to make sure that you get the best version of yourself. It has nothing to do with me. So understanding how do they communicate and understanding their status quo. I think this is the first base to everything. And as soon as you know how they communicate, you can then go in and say, I, for instance, knew exactly if I say, I'm sorry, the way you do it is not going to be effective. You need to do it differently. He will close off. So instead of saying that, I would say, do you think this is going to be efficient? 
what do you think is going to be the ROI out of that exercise? What do you think you're going to get out of that specific email? Do you think the person will understand it properly? Questioning it rather than giving him statements. I had a different student where I, if I asked questions, we would never get to the point. Ugh, we would spend hours just going through that email. And if I ask questions around it, he's like, oh, well, yeah, maybe I should change it like this. And then I ask a different question. So I need to go to the point. He was also the oldest, you know? So as an older, you obviously, or like the eldest um, of a sibling, you want to make it right. So making making you feel like, and I'm talking in general, like obviously there's always an odd one, but the people that I work with, I found this is a massive changer. Um, so if you're the oldest, great. Give them facts. You know, leave them in supporting them rather than questioning them. That was good because it was really specific on some example that you, you've done with your students. And now my, my next question will be, so if I'm a listener right now and I say, hey, that's great, uh, Helena, uh, but how, for example, the first part, we talk about the, the why, and now we are talking about uh, the public persona and your need. So um, if those who are listening right now, they want to implement that. So because right now you are talking about some examples you did with your students and that's you asking those questions. So how they can do that on their own right now, listening to the episode. Very good question. And all the things that I'm doing now and teaching is what I've been through myself. Like I would never, okay. it doesn't make any sense to talk about something when I haven't experienced it myself. It doesn't make sense to, to teach sales if I never worked in sales, you know? So as an actor, all you get is a script, right? You usually don't have the novelty to go up to Shakespeare and ask how do they want to be, you know, how do they want to have a Hamlet? So you just need to create that character your own and their specific methods you could do with those methods you automatically need to first understand who are you in this to put yourself aside to then put on the character so all of the things all of the psychological and um, analysis you need to do with yourself first the need the public persona the tragic flaw all of this i know mine and i, I also know this will develop because with age things develop that's nature um, so what I, or how I figured it out for myself is I, every time when I emotionally react to something, I ask myself, why, why do I react to this so much? Um, my partner always talks about the tip of the iceberg and the actual iceberg that I realized I, I always thought my need was to be unseen because I'm the youngest, right? Um, but I realized my actual need is I need to be protected because I am I am the youngest, I'm the smallest, but that also means my public persona has always been the independent woman who studies in London, studies in New York, moves to London alone, you know, like single forever, like that kind of independent woman who can just do it. And then I, like, I'm a Christian, so I read the Bible and there were a couple of verses that just, you know, are very strong verses, but they never really triggered me until that one verse came. And that is basically about God being, being your castle, making sure that you protect it. And I read this and my whole heart just shook. I just felt like, oh, like so emotionally reacting to this. 
which then again, I, I further obviously observed it. And then I go, I don't know, I go to the pub and, or I, I hear someone saying something, or I have my sister say something that, you know, was kind of like a error, you know, kind of like a knife and no one really stood up. And I always felt like, oh, I need to stand up for myself. Whereas I kind of just wanted someone else to do it. And that sounds like, like my family is lovely. Like I love my family to pieces, but this is just how I reacted to it. So based on my emotional reactions, I knew, oh, okay, cool. This is what I actually need, which makes sense because with my public persona, I found my own business, I get self-employed, et cetera, et cetera. It's never, it can work together. But it usually, if people do not know how to do it, how to analyze themselves and how to analyze their own mindset, it usually works against each other. That you always feel like you need to prove yourself worthy or you need to do more to be good enough. When, if you turn it around and you say, wait a minute, instead of saying, I need to be protected, I can also say, I am protected. Like, I, I am already good enough. What would I do with my life if I believe that about myself instead of always feeling like, oh, fuck, I need to, you know, I need to prove it. I need to be better and better and better. What if you're already good? What would you do in, with your life? And this is what you then do. So instead of, instead of just pointing the finger, you just an analyze yourself in it. And I consistently do that with myself as well. Um, and turn it around, accept that it's there, accept that it's been there for a long time, understand why has it been there. So for me, it's a lot because I'm the youngest, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then turning it around and saying, cool, this is what I have believed. What if I change that and believe the opposite? Yeah. And I'm not normally on this episode i'm talking more than that but today i'm here learn, if I'm listening to you because i'm learning here and uh, that's not a, a, a topic where, where i'm a, an expert i would say because it's really new for me so what you're talking about so that's super interesting um anything for the audience also because i never thought about this this way i was always thinking about you know the when i w work with my team it's Let's find out what's their motivation, what they, what they want to achieve in their life. Is it buying a house or are they working to uh, buy a car ne uh, in the next two years or something like that? And then we use that to, okay, now if you have a reason, you know, to achieve your goals and that's it. But I think here it's going deeper than that. It's not because here you, you, you help them transform uh, their, so you help them uh, transform themselves to Maybe the 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 root uh, of everything, I would say, uh, because if you you achieve to change that, then the rest will be easier. Yeah, I recently um, again TED Talk, right? Because reading is not really a thing for me, but watching people talk about a book, great. I will remember everything. Um, confidence is your thoughts and your actions together, and I think, and with that, you build your confidence only thinking you're confident and you never really do it, you will never really grow your confident confidence. I think what you just said, our identity is the base of who we are, but our character will then define how we're gonna how we're gonna live that identity. Are we going to lie? Are we going to be honest? 
like those character traits, which we can work on, we need to work on because no one is perfect and no one ever will, but we can try, you know? Um, so with that, yeah, always asking, I think always asking worst case, five wives. You want to oh, you want to uh, buy a house? Cool. Why? Well, because I'd like to live, you know, have my own mortgage. Cool. Why? Well, because I think it doesn't really make sense to spend money on, you know, rent that is basically dead money. Okay, cool. Why? Because I actually think financially freedom is really cool and I want to I want to leave a legacy to my for my children. That is a why. Having a house is not a why. That gives me ideas for um, for my team right now. Um trying that I'm going to uh, do this with them because uh, yeah, like I said that I only know their motivation but not the real reason behind that. So Sorry, I basically just wanted to say, um, I think we underestimate the fact that the person who is at the office will be the exact same person who will go home and watch TV, will be the exact same person who wakes up early to go for a run. Like, it doesn't stop there. Like, the person that you work with will not stop being the person. They will just gain experiences outside of work which they you then will bring into work so if you're a leader making sure that those experiences are actually put into practice like put into something valuable at work because this is who they are they're not a number anymore and that's a beautiful thing of where we're at at the moment with the environment and the workplace that we realize that we talked about the growth mindset the why then the need of the public persona uh, you talk about confidence um what else do you talk with your, your students? There is anything else? I mean, to be honest, growth mindset is kind of a big thing in it. <laughs> yeah, so, I imagine. I think in the end, it is the roots. It's a lot about being aware of what other people said about yourself because you, the social perception will create your self-perception. Um, this is one other thing that we talk about. So um, that is probably a whole new uh, podcast. And then in the end, understanding where you want to go and understanding why you try to get there. And the rest is, you know, being filled by by them. Yeah. Um, just to go back on what you were saying just before that, so the perception. So can you tell me more about that, the social per perception? So if you think about it, I usually try, like I use it as a flower, right? If you think about it, there are four leaves leaves of life if you want to say it. it sounds a little romantic the first leaf and the basis of which we are born into are facts so you are born into the country you're born into a family into pa parents with a specific profession with a specific language with a specific culture that those are facts you cannot change that you cannot change like i cannot pretend to be french you know because that's not fact great so you're born, you're in the hospital, that's all that happens. What happens next as you as a human being and as you're like building your, your ego, building your mindset is not you thinking things about yourself. It's you watching others saying things about you. So you have your auntie come in and say, what an adorable face or, oh my God, so cute. Then you have the uncle comes in and says, ooh, she's a little loud, isn't she? Right? And then you start to hear things like, just be quiet. Oh, no, come on, just play in that corner. Or you're such a sunshine. 
So for instance, um, to talk about, you know, my myself as an example, um, I heard things like, because I'm the youngest, you know, oh, go away because older parents, uh, older siblings, completely understandable, really absolutely fine. My dad always said, Helena, you're such sunshine, um, which is lovely to hear, obviously. So from facts, you the first thing that you see is social perception. So the things that other people say about you, how the social life will perceive you, which out of that, you will then create your self-perception. Okay, cool. Based on, you know, where I'm born into, the culture, etc., and the things that I hear my whole life, if you tell someone they're dumb their whole life, they will think they're dumb. If you tell someone they can achieve great things, they will think they can achieve great things. So for me, for instance, and that is a key thing that people need to understand, every sentence you hear, negative or positive, is being perceived by you by as something. So for instance, when I heard as a kid, you're a sunshine, I took it like I'm not allowed to be angry. It took me 24 years to allow myself to have a public fight with my sister, to allow myself to, to uh, tell her what I really think without feeling like she will not love me anymore because my sisters and I were best friends. Like I love them to pieces. But we had to work through all of those things that I said about them because obviously they have a little sister saying things about them as well and they said about me. But based on that, they build a social uh, self-perception. I build a self-perception. And I really needed to allow myself to, first of all, turn that negative belief system around, saying, hey, I'm... I am wanted. Like every time I'm not, I'm not with my family. They send me pictures saying, "Helena, we wish you were here," because I'm in London and they're in they're in Frankfurt. So, like, I know I'm wanted, but I at some point decided to believe I'm not. It's not my family. It's me. While also the sunshine part, I th I thought my dad wouldn't love me if I'm not a sunshine, which is bullshit. Like my dad loved, like he's basically a male version of my face. Like if you see me on the street with a beard, that's my dad. Like we are so aligned on one page. He is my hero. And it took me years to figure out how to actually stand up and say, honestly, I, I'm angry. I'm upset. I think that's not cool. 24 years. And I, I've been an actress since 50, like when I was 15. So I learned all of those things over years and years and years to understand, wait a minute, I'm good enough to stand up and I know my family will love me even if I'm upset or even if I'm, even if I'm wrong. Like, you know, even if I did something wrong, they will love me. That is the social uh, self-perception that you've created, obviously, as um, based on the social perception. And a lot of people stop there stop with it well this is who I am that's it like I am I am not good enough you know okay fair enough let's just push further let's just push further and they never ask themselves okay what do I want to do and the fourth leaf is the objectives like what do you want to do in that in your life like if money time and circumstances wouldn't play a role what would you do you then have social perceptions you then have self-perceptions where a lot of people stop they just take on what the world has given them and then just wear that coat of shame, you know, because it's easy. And it's it, it, in the beginning feels like it's less painful than actually going into those uh, questions and asking why. Why do I think those things about myself? And then 
If you do that, though, you will be more aligned to your objectives and understand, hey, if I, so wait, if I, uh, if I think I'm not good enough, that means my objective is always proving myself that I am good enough. This is why, you know, if you don't change your belief systems, you will always try to work against it. If you, however, decide to change your belief system and actually say, I am good enough, what are you going to do? The world is yours. Cool. You're good enough. What do you want to do? And this is when objectives come in. Because based on your facts, on social perception and self-perception, you will build your objectives. And that might either be proving yourself that you're good enough or saying, I'm going to have a place where people come in and there is freedom, there's peace, there's love, and I'm going to put the good food on the table simply because I know I can. When I mentioned earlier, by the way, that that's something I was thinking to do matching, but first I'm going to do it with myself because that's not something I did. So I'm going to do the exercise and then uh, work on this first and then do it with matching later. It is helpful to do it with someone because you will need someone who's asking the tough questions. I remember when I did it, usually when I do it with students, they are going into it very like superficial until you actually realize, for instance, one, um, one student, he, he was the tallest and the biggest of his family. And he was actually like, he had a twin, which was absolved by, by him in the mother womb which is a big, big thing psychologically. So now he's the tallest and the family is joking because he ate his twin, right? Which is painful. It's actually painful. Like you killed your brother. Um, and he wasn't like, he was aware of it, but he didn't want to touch it at the beginning until we then talked through it. We went through the whole flower and we're then able to build an objective for him to actually push him even further because he wanted to found his own company to then support his family. Like, it's why it was really nice. Or the other guy who wanted to start a gym for the community because he's coming from a rough background. But he had always heard the he'll never do it. Like, where he's coming from, you don't, you don't dream big. So this is why I, I highly recommend if you do it, do it with someone who is able to ask you tough questions. And um, if anyone is planning to do that with their team, exactly what you said, Enrique, and I love that you did, I said that, first, you need to do it before you're able to teach it or you lead. It's leading my example, but it's easier also for me than if I already done the exercise to talk about it because I, I can't do that without doing it for me first. So we are at the end of the episode. So I have one question for you. Um, what advice will you give to a smart and driven USDR or someone who wants to start in Texas? And what advice should they ignore? I think the best advice that I could give right now is really listen to your instinct. Because your instinct is exactly what I said at the beginning. That gut feeling is created in your limbic system, which means in that part of your brain that is focusing on behavior, decision-making. It is not connected to your language part, you know, where you create words. This is why we simply, and Simon Sinek talks about that beautifully. It's not something that I made up. Like I heard Simon Sinek talking about it, did my research and realized, what? Absolutely mind-blowing. So 
if you have a feeling of saying, I need to experiment, I need to try this approach, I need to call that person with a different, different angle, because I feel like this is correct. Listen to your instinct, because at the end of the day, you need to close your laptop and you need to be true to yourself. As Shakespeare said, to thine own self be true, because otherwise you will not be able to sleep when you're older. You always feel like oh, something is off. If your values are not correct, like you always feel like something is weird. Again, you can't explain it. But that is because you didn't listen to your instinct. You didn't follow your values. This is my, my advice that I do. Um, the advice that you should ignore is be better than someone else. There is an infinite and there's a finite game. The finite game is the game when you win, when everyone else loses, which means... You win when you're better than the others. The infinite game is you'll never win. You'll just grow. You become better day by day because you play against yourself. I, this is, for instance, in sales, how I did it is um, I think I've seen a lot of people, especially my team, especially between women, which I thought was really sad, that you hit 120. Great. Well done. You know, and you're like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um and the moment I realized, and this is why like the 10 months, like the first two months, I didn't hit, I didn't, I hit zero. I th I th the first one was zero. The second month was, I think, zero, like 30%, nothing. Until I looked around and I'm like, I'm comparing myself with others rather than actually sitting down and thinking, who am I? And this is when I overachieved the 10, uh, 10 months later, not because I'm great, but because I played my game and not theirs. And I knew my home ground. So the advice that I like that I say forget today never think about it again is be better than others only be better than yourself from yesterday yeah you only compete with yourself exactly easy Eric um, easy uh, easy peasy <laughs> exactly well uh, Helena it was really fun uh, to have uh, fun interesting to have this conversation today because I think it was um, not a tactical I would say episode it was more a, a deep episode where uh, listening to it, uh, then you will do self-reflection on yourself. And so I think it was um, super valuable. Uh, but before we end the episode, is there anything else you want to, um, to share uh, with the audience? If there is anyone who is a German speaking salesperson and says, hey, honestly, it would be great to have a network, a community where like-minded people are and where I can just ask questions, get answers. Um, join us, sdsgermany.com. Um, we'd love to see you there. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Helena Klaus. You'll find me and let me know what you think. And um, yeah, I think it would be great to connect. It was nice to see you. And thanks everyone for, for listening. Thank you so much.